All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We are here for a first. We're going to do this and, and see how it goes. We are here for a mega video and podcast chat about the NWSL Challenge Cup, the group stage, or what we could call the group stage, just wrapped up, and we're heading into the knockout rounds later this week. Um, I figured I would very roughly estimate the closest Gopher soccer players to the NWSL teams we could find and do a little roundup here. We also have one ringer, Rashida Beal, who was gracious enough to take the spot. Steph Galan, the head coach of the Gophers, is a little busy uh, trying to adjust the everything to do with the season coming up. So Rashida coming back out of retirement for us. So we'll go through each team in order of the rankings, and I'll fill in where, where we have blank spots. And then at the end, I'll make sure the fans have a chance to hear from you all about what you've been doing in the offseason during lockdown and what you're looking forward to this season and all that kind of stuff. So... First off, let's go right to the North Carolina Courage. Um, they're in the place everyone assumed they would be. They're in first place, four wins, dominant performance, goal differential of plus six in only four games, so they've been crushing it. Um, here to talk about North Carolina's group stage performance is former Gopher soccer stud, Bundesliga player, Rashida Beal, you're back in, in the U.S. after a stint overseas during a global pandemic, which is nuts. So thanks so much for being here. And uh, what did you see from North Carolina? Or what are you excited to see in the knockout stage? Yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, first of all, I think it's important just to take a look back at their last few years. Um, and that kind of gives you an idea what to expect and why they've done so well. So like in 2017, they clinched the shield and then they did fall to Portland in the um, final, but they again repeat, repeated the shield the next two years in addition to winning the um, tournament title. So it just kind of shows you that they really have a longstanding um, history and high performing team. And so coming into this tournament, I expected nothing less from them than they've shown so far. Um, a lot of the announcers have talked about how their coach entered the tournament trying to win it where some of the other teams maybe talked about giving other players a chance or feeling things out. And they definitely did not come with that approach. They came to win. They are starting their starters, um, permitting injuries and such. So they're really coming out how you'd expect them to. They're playing their style of play. They haven't had any blowouts so far, but they just show an all-around consistency. And that's like the biggest difference, in my opinion, between them and some of the other teams. They have depth in every single position. And um, they definitely don't rely on any one player because one of their strong players, Jess McDonald, has been out. She just recently got in in the last game for a little bit. But even without her, um, they've still had a really dominating performance, keeping a lot of possession and just looking very, very composed overall. So in watching them, it's really fun to watch again. Um, you just get to see a unison between a really threatening attack and a really organized defense from top to bottom on that team. Um, so it's been really exciting to see them so far in the group stage and just handle each game really controlled and definitely having the upper hand. So looking forward, I do expect them to win. However, we do know that in soccer, things don't always go as expected. So their biggest challenge looking forward is going to be to just keep kind of the ego in check and really push that work rate no matter who the opponent is or what the game is because now it's knockout stage so other teams are going to be coming in really scrappy and with a real fight and urge to win because that's their only chance of staying alive and especially in this case this is the only season they get right now so it's a very high stakes in every game moving forward and some teams could come out 
to surprise them. So it's going to be about staying level-headed and staying true to their style of play. Mm-hmm. And like I said, looking back at what they've done before, I don't think that's an issue for them. They've come in off of high expectations and still performed really well and um, still showed everybody what they're about. So I do think they can do that, but it's just something to look out for. And I'd say I'm most excited to hopefully see Jess McDonald get some more action in the upcoming games because she's such a strong, strong player for them. And um, her and Lynn work really well off each other. So that'll be exciting to see her hopefully step in a little bit more in the upcoming games. Yeah, you met, you mentioned Jess McDonald and I'm like, I they have so many top players that they when you watch them and they're scoring and they're dangerous, you forget about all these. It's like, oh yeah, right. I forgot about this like national team star. Jess McDonald also has some of the best, uh, I think it's some of her content where it's like her kid and yeah. they're in the bubble. And she's um she talks all the time. She's been on podcasts talking about like being a mom. These players a bunch of them have their kids in the bubble too. And so yep. it's just bonkers. And there's some, there's some good adorable content out there. Um, and you said tournament play. I mean, some of these teams have started to look a little tired. They're playing, you all have experience doing this bonkers schedules. They're playing uh, every three or four days for four games straight. So it's almost like you guys where you have to play two games every week and they've started to look a little more tired. So yeah, the knockout could be a little crazier. Um, and next up, we're going to the Washington Spirit. They were in second place, finished the group stage in second place, seven points total, an even goal differential. And for this one, we are going to uh, current Gopher soccer winger, Patricia Ward. Patricia, I will openly admit, we're using some rough geography here. You are from Virginia, so I'm, I know that the state borders DC. So I'm gonna pretend that you're from near DC and you have the spirit Uh, to take on now what did you think about them so far and what are you excited to see in the knockout yeah I was really impressed with the spirit um in like years past like when I was in high school they had like a stint where they were pretty good like when Crystal Dunn was still on the spirit and then they had like a few years past where they have just been kind of meh like trying to figure it out again and haven't been super great but I thought that they came out really strong like from the first game in the tournament I think they won two and tied one and lost one Um, But I thought they came out really strong. Like, I thought they had a lot of good goal-scoring opportunities. Like, they passed the ball really well, like, within the team, especially in the attacking third. And, like, they shared the wealth a lot. Um, But I did feel like they need more help up top. Like, they have Ashley Hatch, who, like, they play as their lone forward. But, like, she kind of just stands up there by herself. And, like, I feel like it's really hard for them to score like that. So, like, I felt like most of the time when they scored, it was from her individual efforts or, like, when they shared the ball more. But I just felt like overall they needed more, like, star power up top, like, more confidence and aggression, like, help up there, like, with Ashley Hatch to score. Um, But, like, I thought that they played well, like, with the build-up play. Like, they like to play out of the back a lot, which I noticed, and they like to keep the ball. Uh, But in one of their games, it might have been against North Carolina, they, like, were possessing a lot, but North Carolina is one of the teams that plays really high pressure and they were just like ripping it off from them so many times and being able to have goal scoring opportunities. And they were fortunate to only lose 2-0 in that game because they didn't convert in their opportunities. So I think they just need to be more aware of like, if they're going to play out of the back, they're going to be more susceptible when they're playing against teams who press high. And that's definitely something to worry about. Um, I thought Roosevelt was really good. Obviously, it was, like, cool to – exciting to see her back, like, healthy because she's such a good dynamic player. And she really, like, brings a lot to the game for them. And then Andy Sullivan went out, which was really sad. Uh, she tore her meniscus. So 
hoping for a speedy recovery for her, but she definitely, uh, taking her out of the mix will make a difference, especially like when Roosevelt wasn't in the game, that midfield kind of seemed a little bit dead. Like they didn't have that person that was like, we're going to go forward, like we're going to attack now. So with both of them out, uh, if Roosevelt isn't in the game, I think that they need to find someone who's going to step up to like be that presence for them in the midfield going forward. So I just think that that was like, what they should focus on going into the knockout rounds is like making sure that the midfield stays dynamic and engaged and like wanting to attack and then making sure that the forwards focus on like really trying to get forward and like helping Ashley Hatch up top and making sure that like they are playing together because I think that they like got their best goal scoring opportunities when they tried to play together. Right. Yeah. Ashley Hatch, I hadn't really seen her much, but she's actually young enough that maybe uh, Rashid, I don't know if you would overlap with her, but she, you know, she was, I think, the rookie of the year when she was a rookie a few years ago. But that, yeah, even though she was dangerous at times, there was times where I was watching and I wasn't, when she had the ball, it didn't seem like she had a lot of confidence on the ball because she's just kind of hanging out up there waiting. And one time she actually pressured the keeper and, you know, got that that goal off, ripping it out of a, a keeper out of mistake and she took it and scored. But yeah, Rose Lavelle was just like out of her mind. Um just unreal but yeah I agree there were times I think they really surprised people and looked so dangerous and uh but yeah losing Andy Sullivan is pretty brutal like losing your starting like central midfielder is not going to be easy so yeah we'll have to see how they how they look next up the OL Reign they're in they finished in third place with five points uh goal differential of negative one but that's all the next teams have the same goal differential and a bunch were really close in the standings Formerly the Seattle Reign, then the Tacoma Reign. Now they're owned by the Lyon Group out of out of Europe, and so now they're the OL Reign. And here to break them down is Seattle area native and returning Go for Soccer keeper Maddie Nielsen. Maddie, tell us about the Reign. Hello. Um, <laughs> yeah. So honestly, I think the Reign has played really well so far in the tournament, just considering the fact that they just got a new head coach in January. And also that um, so many of their important players were injured for them last year and they're just now returning. Also, I think it's important to note that Megan Rapino chose to sit out of this tournament, which I think could have been um, really helpful just to have her on the field. But I think even without her, um, the team has been getting like a decent amount of shots on goal, but they just haven't been able to finish them. So I'm like excited to see um, for the knockout round, just because I feel like as the tournament has gone on, they've only gotten better playing more as a team. And it, just if they can finish their opportunities, uh, I think they really could have a chance of winning, especially with uh, returning players Jess Fishlock, Sophia Huerta, and Taylor Smith. Um, they all just are kind of returning this year from injury and seeing them get their starts back in like the previous couple games. Um, I really feel like that's going to help bring their confidence up and just they could be really impact players the rest of the tournament. And also I think the goalkeeper Betos has really stepped up in a big way um, and I'm excited to see her play in the knockout round just because the first two games they were playing Murphy which I kind of found um, cool because she was the Rutgers goalkeeper freshman right. when I was a freshman and she was a senior so just to see her in the NWSL is pretty awesome um, but I think that the switch from her to Betos could have been a risky move especially midway in the um, group play but I think that Betos has really proven that she deserves to be in that position the past two games because she's kept the team in the game a lot and come up with some big really big saves but yeah overall I just feel like the rain um, 
they've really showed that they have that fight till the end of the game mentality, especially when they scored that late game winner against Utah. And so I think that they have a good chance the rest of the tournament and they're just only like continuing to improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned Rapino being out, I guess we didn't say at the top and we didn't mention with all the other teams. Um, there's a few sort of well-known visible players from the national team that people might've seen in the world cup who aren't, who aren't playing. Um, we'll get through more of those as we run down the list, but Megan Rapino may be the single most visible um, player who's not in the tournament. Um, and for me, it's sort of fun. You know, Minnesota doesn't have a team. I don't watch a ton of the NWSL. I follow way more gopher soccer than the NWSL. And so for me, it's actually been interesting because then you get to see other players that you don't just see during the World Cup and the national team games. And yeah. when you see those top performers, it's been really interesting. Like, And the rogue uh, Big Ten alum like Casey Murphy, where we happen to see them when they played the Gophers. That's been pretty fun, too. Um, so next up is the Houston Dash. This is this is going to be a spot covered by me. Uh, Houston Dash finished in fourth place uh, with four points, goal differential of negative one. Um, but they actually were, for a goal differential of negative one, they came into the tournament super hot. Uh, people were picking them to finish last. They scored three goals their first game, I think two goals their second game. Um, they've had just a hell of a run. They... They traded a few players last year and had big trades. So um, who am I thinking of? I'll look them up. But Kirsty Mewis has been just an absolute stud. Uh, Rachel Daly, who's an England uh, national team player, has been an absolute stud. Um, so they've actually been a ton of fun to watch. And I, oh, Shay Groom is the player I was thinking of. Has just been like ridiculous. People right now should honestly pause the podcast, pull up highlights of Shay Groom, and watch her she had one shot where she got served a ball across the box and just rips it just whips it into the goal and scores and then another one where she's just way up and gets a header and she's just been incredible as a number 10 just like a disaster wrecking crew like a one-woman offense with her combining with daily and others so they've actually looked really good and they've also in a tournament where there's been some low scoring games I think they've had a lot of fans just because they're scoring, you know, even if they're not winning. Um, so they've obviously given up a ton of goals too, otherwise they'd be finishing higher. But um, I think because it's knockout play, they honestly, they could be pretty dangerous just because they are scoring and not many people are. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, they, at the very least, I think they maybe unquestionably have been the most fun to watch just because they've been dynamic. Um, and maybe I'm just a sucker for scoring. Maybe that's all that is. So so that is Houston. Next up is the Utah Royals. They finished in fifth place with four points and a goal differential of negative one, similar to the other teams surrounding them. Um, Utah is a place with mountains and Athena Kuhn is also from a place with mountains. So we are going to pretend that Utah and Colorado are the same place. Athena, do not call us on that. You <laughs> are, And Athena is a returning gopher defender midfielder all-around stud coming in <laughs> Athena talk about the Royals all right so I think one of the most notable things is that Kristen Press decided to opt out as well um and she was a big goal scorer for them so that was um a big problem for them and they changed their formation to a 3-5-2 and I think anytime a coach does that um you're confident in your D-line that they can handle situ pretty uh high intensity situations so um, off of that, they did that because they wanted to get numbers forward. I don't think that's necessarily been very effective. They have, they scored three goals in their first game against Houston. 
but then they won 1-0 and then lost 1-0 twice. Um, so that's been a big concern moving forward. It has been noted, though, that they have been creating the chances. They just haven't been finishing them. And so just going into the next round, they have a their goal is just to like be more calm and confident in the final third and be putting things away. And it's exciting, too, because they played Houston in their first round, and they'll be playing them again. So that was a 3-3 uh, score, which is super high scoring. And so I think it's going to be an exciting matchup. And it, they also scored two of their goals off free kicks. Um, so it'll be interesting how they go about attacking again because you get free kicks in the game, but I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to make those adjustments Houston is. So we'll see how that goes, but I think there's going to be a really exciting matchup. And then just in terms of players, Amy Rodriguez, there's been a lot more pressure on her to be a, a goal scorer, a goal scorer. And obviously that hasn't been, she hasn't been producing as much, but she's definitely dangerous and opportunistic. So she'll be exciting to watch. And then O'Hara is coming off an injury. And even though she's a defender, she's super involved in the attack and very explosive. So just two, two people to watch. That was, yeah, that was really big when O'Hara came off. I don't know if people were expecting her to be back or not. You know, when you start a really fast tournament like this injured, I don't know if people expect her to be back or not, but I know it was a really big deal by the time she actually got playing time. Um, yeah, Amy Rodriguez, I watched that first game and it's just, she's just like filthy. She's in the final third. She's doing everything. She's, she was battling. I think I saw her just like absolutely school and outside back. Like she'll just bust through space. I think she split. Was it her that like split two defenders? Just a ridiculous move after taking the ball back. She's been absurd, especially because Kristen Press was playing absurd soccer. And so you lose her and then Amy Rodriguez is alone up top. Apparently a theme with multiple teams there where it's kind of a lone striker, but yeah, they've been fun. I love that you mentioned they're playing in that first round. I didn't realize that. So Friday night, 9 p.m., guys, everyone everyone, get crazy. Put on, your, uh, put on your reminders on your calendar. We can watch them. Next up is the Chicago Red Stars. They finished in sixth place with four points, goal differential of negative one. Um, this team is going to go to a native of Racine, Wisconsin, which by my very basic geographic knowledge um, is even closer to Chicago then Utah is the same as Colorado. So a credit, a credit to my ability to Google something. And it, we are heading to Katie Coker, a veteran. I like to think of as like an all around uh, defender midfielder. And I think she was on my short list of players who defend like they're a point guard in a full court press. That's the way I described her, Sadie Harper. I can't remember the full crew. It was like a, a slew of point guards out there. So Katie, talk about the Red Stars. All right. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, I, I live by Chicago, but actually Rory Danes, the head coach of the Red Stars, was also my club coach at Eclipse in Chicago, too. So I have maybe a little bit of inside scoop the, on that. Yeah, you kept that buried. But, you kept that quiet this whole time. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like the Red Stars right now are really in a transition period, especially with losing Sam Kerr. They're trying to find their rhythm again and learn how to almost score goals because it for so long it was just Yuki and Yuki playing the balls to Sam and Sam scoring off of her athleticism and great speed and technical ability but right now I honestly feel like even with the veteran midfield like with Danny Colaprico, um, Vanessa DiBernardo 
and Morgan Gautreaux, with all those people in there, they're still not clicking very well. And I feel like that was obvious during the group stage. Although I feel like a couple of games under their belt, I, I think they'll get going. Um, it was really cool to see on in game two against Portland. Um, Rory threw in a couple of the younger players, notably like Zoe Goralski, Zoe Rade, and Emily Boyd. So he really changed it up there with taking out Alyssa Nair and throwing in a new goalkeeper. But um, with those girls probably training day out, day in and day out, the opportunity is definitely warranted. Mm -hmm. So I think it was interesting just to see like new people in there um, mm -hmm. as they try to find their rhythm. But honestly, looking into the knockouts, what I really am excited to see is that Savannah McCaskill will probably mm -hmm. be more of a role player on the team. Mm -hmm. um, game four, she came in and she brought just some insane energy and she was pressing the back line. She was getting the ball. She was turning and making really nice, precise passes. Um, in the second half, she whipped one in to Casey Short. Casey scored off the header. I think that was just like a really awesome goal because that ball that she bent in is pretty difficult to do except from that spot. But um, looking into the knockouts, I think they're going to have to try to play through her and feed off of her energy more mm -hmm. to be a better team. Yeah, they've been – It's it's crazy to lose a player like Sam Kerr. And then you say, like you said, just struggling to find any way to score. They, and uh, you mentioned they had some good rotation, like as a whole in this tournament, there hasn't been anywhere near as much rotation as I thought there would be. I mean, teams are playing every four days for four games in a row. And it's so, it's so nuts. I would assume we would have seen more. And like you said, by the time people take the, to go into the bubble, you're training for weeks and you have to stay in the bubble for that long. Like, yeah. Give, give them some time, especially because every team made the, the knockout stage. I didn't mention that up top. So it's like, hey, give these rookies some minutes, guys. Give them some time. Um, but, yeah, they've been fun. Julie Ertz, I, it's funny to watch these games where they maybe don't play super great or they don't get a result. And then after the game, you still see Julie Ertz just chill as hell, just like, like no big deal. She's been through it all. So, yeah, maybe in the knockout they'll have a lot of composure. Um, you mentioned Casey Short, and here I will mention just – that was maybe one of the biggest headlines earlier in the tournament because Casey Short was kneeling. One of her white teammates decided not to kneel. And then there was really, or I'm not going to say the player's name because I forget, but it was just, it was like a, it was like a brutal headline that first game because otherwise there was a lot of team unity where everyone was standing up for racial justice. Everyone was showing that they were, they were kind of in it together. And then from there, there's been a lot of like random one player per team or like two players per team. And it's almost honestly, like I sort of can't even believe it's happening, but Casey Short had to bear the brunt of that basically for that whole headline. Like she, as a black player standing up for racial justice, had to then deal with being in that focus of, because her teammate didn't kneel, she ended up having to be in the spotlight. So just credit her for bearing the burden that so many black players have to bear because white teammates are not good enough. So that's, that's my two cents on that. Um, next up is Sky Blue. This is another uh, Matt Pervatsky special. Sorry to the listeners and to all of you. They finished in seventh place with four points, goal differential of negative one. Um, apparently, Rutgers is taking all the New Jersey talent. Otherwise, we could have a gopher here talking about uh, Sky Blue. We also, I will say, I put out the invite to Maya Hayes, your new assistant coach, who was a veteran 
of the sky blue. She's a little bit busy having to move her entire life to Minnesota. So she has, she has good work going on right now. Um, but the sky blue really came into this tournament sort of as a little bit of a darling because they'd had years of really brutal situations on and off the field, poor player conditions, um, poor results on the field, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they really have turned that around with the hiring of a new GM, Elise LeHue, a new, a new coach, uh, Freya. And uh, so they've gotten a lot of attention, I think, just because of that. They've gone from being so brutal to now being a respected team. They pulled off, they did an incredible amount of trades, you know, traded for Mal Pugh, uh, traded a ton of different folks, traded for Midge Purse, all of these things. Um, but they, like several other teams, didn't have maybe their biggest name in, in Carly Lloyd there. Um, but uh, Maddie Nielsen, maybe you'll appreciate this. Kaylin Sheridan has been an absolute beast, their keeper in the back, at least the games I've watched. She's been ridiculous. Um, I think people are kind of calling for her to be maybe the new starting keeper for Canada just because she's sort of battling Steph LeBay in that way. Um, but they haven't really had the results so far. But I think like every, like a lot of you have mentioned, they're sort of a team in transition where they're trying to establish themselves and also coming in not having you know, folks like Mal Pugh and other players who will be obviously gigantic parts of their team moving forward in a non-COVID year. Um, so it's been tough, but they've actually been kind of fun to play. I think the top storyline for this team has just been that Midge Purse is playing outside back and people wanted to play striker. So I think it's a little bit like if Patricia, we threw you at outside back and just like never moved you up and everyone said we should and it never happened. I think that's like sort of the equivalent. It's like a natural winger just being forced to play outside back. So Katie Coker, other defenders don't make her play defense, okay? Um, and last but not least, we have the Portland Thorns. They finished in eighth uh, with three points, a negative one goal differential. Um, and uh, they were without a couple of their, their biggest stars as well. But here to break them down is, last but not least, Portland's own Katie Duong. Katie, you've been waiting this entire time. Talk to us about the Thorns. Yeah, so obviously it's been kind of tough results-wise, and I think they've had a really tough time scoring. Um, it's been interesting, though, because I feel like they've given a bunch of new players a chance, which has been really exciting. Like, the first couple games I was watching, it was like there were a few veterans on the field, but other than that, it felt like almost an entirely new lineup. Um, some of my favorites out of the new players that they've been having come in have been Rodriguez, Reaver, mm -hmm. and Charlie. I think they are all super different um, in their attacking qualities. So I think it's fun to see them combine off each other. I think they're still working out that connection a little bit still. Um, and then another thing that I think has been lacking for them a little bit is the link between the defenders and the midfield. They've had a hard time building out of the back sometimes. And then my favorite player for them so far has been Lindsay Horan. I think she's been super dangerous, especially in the air. And then I think she's also dictated the tempo of the game pretty well. I think for me, she's been the best player on the field in all the games that she's played in. So I think going forward, I'm just really excited to hopefully see the midfield connection build a little bit more. And then I'm also curious as to what their best lineup is going to be in the knockout rounds, just because they've switched up so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, she has been, Lindsay Horan has been ridiculous. She, like you said, she plays that box to box role, but really she's su super dangerous in the final third, maybe out of necessity. Although Rocky Rodriguez has also looked pretty dangerous up there, 
But Lindsey Horan is also just huge. I'm watching these games and it's like, it's like if Katie Duong was like 5'11". Like it's ridiculous. You see her just get into the box and she's hitting these headers and she's just, she's so imposing. I look at her and it's, it's like when the national team played at Allianz Field and I interviewed Carly Lloyd and she was standing two feet from me. And I was like, holy shit. I was super intimidated. Like her shoulders, she's just like so imposing. I'm like, damn. And Lindsay Horan just feels that way. She's so, she's so low key. She's not like fired up. She's not ever yelling or anything really that I see. But her game is so imposing. She's just everywhere. Um, yeah, the Thorns, I mean, uh, without Tobin Heath, like it's funny losing a player like that where she just always has the ball at her foot and she's always doing just like, the most bonkers type of stuff where the defense is just drawn to her. So losing a player like that, or like a player like Kristen press where they individually do so much on their own has been so interesting, but yeah, Portland has looked really interesting. And I can't remember, is that who Bixby plays for the, their keeper? I think they've been playing uh, a pretty young keeper um, who that first game looked really good. Like she was, it was sort of a perfect game for a keeper. I'm saying that as someone who's never played keeper Maddie, so you can call me on this where they were keeping her really busy. Like she was getting a lot of shots and a lot of action, but none of it was that brutal. And so I think as the game went on, she got even more and more confident so that when the chances were brutal, she'd been making saves for like 80 minutes, you know, so she ended up looking really good. Um, But yeah, it's funny to see them at the bottom because I think they're sort of like the cream of the crop of fan support, attendance, visibility you know that sweet new kit with like the rose thorn all of the like design and then they're just sort of like in last but I think there's such a log jam at the bottom we'll see some surprises in the knockout um so also I I, since we have so many people here I want to make sure we did a quick roundup of what you all have been up to um Rashida we'll go with you first we'll go in the same order we chatted with you back when you were in Germany I think right I think I talked to you right before and right after the shutdown. And so then I think you were waiting around to see if you could come back. Um, And it turns out the Bundesliga maybe doesn't invest the same amount in testing for the women's side as it is the men's side. Shocking. We're blowing people's (laughs) minds. Um, But talk about what you've been doing um, back home and how that experience was being overseas during a global pandemic in uh, what otherwise is a really cool professional opportunity. Yeah, so I was pretty disappointed that I didn't really get to like do much of that season because we basically had two games and then everything shut down and it was just a waning game of constantly kind of having things postponed. So um, we made the best of it. I was living with really talented players, um, an alum from St. John's, from Virginia, uh, lots of different players, actually one, another one from the Big Ten. So we had good training environment there because we just trained with each other and we made it work, did some 3v3 and stuff like that. But um, I was definitely ready to come home when we wouldn't be able to play. And um, it was just a little bit difficult being there like that. So since I've gotten back, I've just been starting to prepare in hopes for the next season. Um, There's like a majors team because obviously the WPSL got canceled. Otherwise, I'd be doing that. But there's like a majors team and one of the teams we play actually is essentially what was supposed to be a WPSL team. So that game uh, didn't go the best for my team, but on a personal level, I felt really good about it. It was against all like Marquette and UWM players. So it was back at that college level. And I definitely felt like I showed really well in that game. 
which just gave me an extra confidence because coming off of all these knee surgeries and then still not playing a full 90 minutes, like really since then, I'm always a little bit worried if I'm like back to where I was or the fitness aspect or different parts. So being able to play that game against that quality of players was really helpful for me on a personal level and just knowing where I'm at. So I'm still doing that with that team as well as training on my own and um, working as well. And then I'm just looking forward to the next season. Everything is kind of up in the air since we're still not really allowed in certain countries. And um, (laughs) good job, good job, America. We we made it. We're not we're not Uh, allowed other places. That's that's how good we're doing, guys. (laughs) My friend was supposed to be going back to another team in Germany, but she can't get in right now. So. She's waning. Um, and then additionally, teams suffered a lot financially from the last season. Team we were on folded, um, like went bankrupt. And that's the case for a lot of teams. And then even teams that survived may not have the same funds that they typically do to bring over Americans and other foreign players. So a lot of teams are really unsure of their finances. And so the process is a little bit even more up in the air than it usually is, which is already, (laughs) I should say, I had a one week warning for going to Germany. So that's coming off of the last season where things were normal and Mm. um, now they're not. So yeah, it's a lot up in the air. Um, I have some vague ideas of options, but I have nothing solid yet. And I'm just kind of waiting for some more information from the agents that I work with. So I'm really hoping one of those will pan out and so for me, it's just about staying ready and um, continuing to work out on the soccer front and then also staying pretty busy with um, work stuff as well. I, I love it. I love that you're still um, still grinding and, and waiting for that next opportunity. The crazy thing you mentioned after all your knee surgeries, the crazy thing is I got through a whole hour of talking to Patricia and Ariana Del Moral earlier this week. They dealt with me for that long. And I didn't mention your awesome video blog that we chatted about where you walk through every step of the recovery process and it was like aside from being like very well done cosmetically like a really well done series of videos it was super detailed and and interesting i love you did the the shots where you see your leg over time and i was like losing my yeah. mind like it was <laughs> to see the difference in your two legs you're like yeah you're you're like tree trunks and you look down and the one side is like in it's ridiculous but it was such a good example and uh a a decent segue into talking to Patricia Patricia you already had to talk to folks earlier this week um but now you're back training um you just you just got back onto the field uh full release fully cleared all that kind of stuff or at least you're on your way to that um so talk about what you're looking forward to this season um, and what it's like to be back on campus after being uh, back home in Virginia for the spring summer. Yeah, so um, like you mentioned, I just got fully cleared to play, um, like contacts and everything full, and we um, just got like all of our numbers back at uh, captain's practice this week, so we've been able to play like full out um, with more numbers this week, and uh, the first couple of days have definitely been like an adjustment, like just getting back into things, but I felt really good about it. I mean, it's been mostly just exciting to get back into like playing with people. And that's something that I haven't gotten to do, but really that no one's really gotten to do over the last few months. So like everyone's been really excited to get back into things. And I feel like I haven't been like hesitant or nervous about going into things. Um, so that's been really exciting. 
coming from being at home, it was very hard just being away and like not having people to train with and whatnot. So it's been exciting to get back on campus and I missed my apartment and just like being independent and whatnot. Uh, but I'm really excited for the upcoming season. I'm really like praying and hoping that we can have the season. I mean, right now it's just supposed to be conference game, but I really want to play. I know everyone wants to play like coming off of just not even being able to be together. So I'm just looking forward to getting out there coming off of last year, not going how any of us wanted it to. And I know that we all feel like we have like this fire lit under us that we want to like redeem ourselves from that. And so I'm really excited for the opportunity to get to play with the team. Yeah, that's great. Well, you mentioned being able to come back and be in your apartment and see everybody. We will pivot to someone who very clearly is now into a more social situation because Maddie, you're chilling with Athena in, in your place, sh showed up together like like true roommates and friends. Look at, look at you two, trying to one-up us being more adorable than the rest of us. Maddie, you're coming back. You're coming back um, after multiple years of starting in goal. Last year, I, the, a running joke or a, maybe a sad, happy joke I told people was the team only scored 10 goals overall the entire season. I think that's the number. So I don't think even if there were challenges in the back, anyone would have anything to say. But I think you also had a pretty consistent year back there, even though the back line, I think, had some changes. Um, for you coming into now being such a regular starter and being used to that position, you know, how are you thinking of coming into this fall and preparing, um, you know, with, with how the spring has gone and summer and all of that? Yeah. I mean, I'm just super excited to be back. When I was home, I was able to um, train with a goalkeeper coach even during the like quarantine well after the stay at home order was done, but it was just super nice to at least be able to train with someone and have someone like, who knows what they're doing rather than my parents shoot on me. And so that was really Whoa, nice. Oh, shot, shots fired. Yeah. Call, calling them out right I here. Mean, I love my parents, but anyone can ask my mom. She literally had to train herself how to be a forward, and it was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's just been so nice to be back. I got back last week, and I was training with Athena and Katie Duong, for the past week and just being able to be with them and have them shoot on me too was so nice and then we got tested this weekend and now we're back with the whole team and i don't know i just feel like everyone used this opportunity to like find more passion for the game because it was like got taken away from them for so long i know i definitely like missed it a lot and just being back with the team i feel like a lot of people honestly grew over this time and i think that this season is we're going to have a 180 from last season. It's going to be good. And we will go all the way 12 inches to the side to talk to <laughs> Athena. Athena, you're, you're coming in um, last year, played a little bit up, up top, but you had had, you know, as a freshman played as a, as a holding midfielder, which looked to be sort of like your college position, like your, that was going to be your destiny. And mm -hmm. then due to injury, ended up playing center back your, your next year and really mm -hmm. excelled there. Um, and then last year, played a little bit of both and up top. Um, I, I'll credit, maybe it's because I had that weird post where I said you should play up top <laughs> to, to spearhead the press. <laughs> I'm sure it has nothing to do with that, but I'll just claim that credit right now. Um, <laughs> But I think earlier in the spring when I talked to Steph or even at the end of the, the recap when I talked to head coach Steph Galan, um, she said then uh, that you would, be, you would be 
in Inc. in as a center back, you and Paige Elliott, both of you can really play both up top and in the back. Um, but there have been plenty of times where I make Steph uh, commit to a player's position in the spring <laughs> or winter, and then I end up being a liar and she ends up being a liar. So for you, um, what would it be like to come in? Are you preparing to come in and maybe um, work that center back pairing with you and Paige, um, which I thought looked really, really good at times last year? Um, or, how, you know, how are you preparing now going into your season, senior season and now as a captain? Um, uh, so, yeah, Steph definitely said I'd be playing center D this year. So that's exciting to kind of stay in one spot. It feels like a lot to switch around. Um, I, you know, like I was switching positions almost every game kind of so it's nice to be stuck in one position but I'd say this year the our group is so competitive and I don't think like there's necessarily like stenciled in people who are going to start or anything right so I think it's it's very exciting to see um every like our practices are very intense and um I don't know it's just it's a really exciting environment I know one thing I'm, I want to do is just get the freshmen kind of built up quick. So they have a lot of confidence playing. We have a lot of talent coming in, but it's always nerve wracking. And with us coming in so close to preseason this year, usually we're starting like early June with Corey and training like that. It's important that we get them started quicker because I, I think they, they can make a huge impact this year. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the girls can attest to that. I know Duong's um, been playing with some of them off of training right now, but um, just in, in training even you can just you can just see their fight and I think with their energy adding in and now we have a new assistant coach I think that's just automatic energy getting added into this this new season so very excited I'm very excited yeah that's great and I yeah I, I as you said the the starters are never written in ink they're never stenciled in as much as I said it that way um, because it's always a really competitive environment on purpose um, especially in the front six and, and also in, the, in that back line. Um, mm -hmm. Next, Katie Coker. Katie, I, I only half joked about your, your awesome defensive stance earlier. You came in as a transfer, and I think immediately I would describe you as, as the type of player who I was really drawn to, sort of like a fan favorite type where you just seem to have a lot of hustle and a lot of, a lot of grit. Um, but you're also, I think, because you were willing to just like work hard it also means you don't have like a single position because they sort of want your hustle maybe in different places for you. You know, how do you prepare like that when you come in and last year you learn the team, you know, meet your teammates. It's obviously a really tough year for the team overall, but you were sort of learning it. And now you come in and you get, you know, your second go around. How have you been preparing or what are you looking forward to in your second year? I think I'm just looking forward to being with my team right now. I haven't seen them for so long. I miss you guys so much, <laughs> but um, I'll be back on Saturday. So I'm just, that's what I'm looking forward to. Like um, being home was a really good time to reconnect with family and stuff. So I think, I don't know, I've been doing that. I've been also doing a lot of personal training with um, a coach trying to get the ball back under my feet. I didn't play all spring, even though we didn't really have a spring season. I was recovering from a, a small injury. Mm -hmm. So just like getting the ball back under my feet and trying to get some minutes in on that is like probably been the biggest thing I've been doing. But yeah, coming in to Minnesota and then kind of being thrown around in the different positions, it's, you know, you always have the mindset, like you play wherever the coach wants you to play, except goalkeeper. I will not play goalkeeper because then <laughs> I will let my team down. <laughs> but like, 
like joke I'm joking but anyway like that's just kind of the mindset I feel like everyone has so going from the back to playing out on the wing spot it's it's not really a big deal you just have an open mind about it no Mm -hmm. but I'm excited I'm excited to be back I first see I'm a I'm a true defender so hopefully I'm back there in the back line but I'm I'm just happy to be out anywhere on the field Mm -hmm. well yeah and it's I think the the funny thing is you know I mentioned you played all over the place although I think last year's positional examples are sort of Uh, a little bit of a wild card for everybody so I maybe shouldn't overstate how many positions you're meant to play I think everyone played more than they objectively should have last year just to see what could possibly work so I think that was a little bit of a wild card for everyone Um, and lastly Katie Duong Katie you are the player that we've seen play competitive soccer most recently because you were playing with the U20s um, and we got to see you uh, play there and that was actually a funny thing because that tournament was set to be in like July, August. And at the time there was a wild card of would it be too late? And then those players have to decide to redshirt or would it be early enough where you could do it and miss time? Um, so I guess thanks to the global pandemic for not making that choice happen. Um, but you, you're coming in um, after having some of that experience with the, with the U20s and, and obviously you were part of a gigantic freshman class uh, plus the transfers like, like your other Katie here. Um, so what's it been like for you to, to get ready for that and, and how are you preparing for the season? Yeah, so it's been super weird to be home for that long and also just coming straight home after being at qualifying was really weird. Um, I think this time at home, kind of like other people were saying, has been good just to like reignite that passion in a lot of us and be able to like hone in on little individual technical stuff that we probably normally wouldn't get as much time to work on. Um, And I had a group of just some friends from high school that I was going out and playing with at home, which was really fun. Small side's like my favorite thing to do. And I feel like that just helps my creativity and speed of play a lot. Um, So I'm kind of excited to come back into this environment and see how that translates over. And then in terms of being back, it's just super exciting to see everybody. And there's definitely, it's super exciting to see P and Ari who have like worked their butts off in rehab and just see how fit they are and how much they've improved on the ball too. Um, And then also just meeting all the new freshmen and seeing all the little steps that everybody else on the team has made has been super cool. Mm -hmm. I, I tried to get Patricia and Ari to like shout people out. I tried to get them to brag about their individual goals. They were, they were being too humble. Is there any, so other people officially have permission to not be humble anymore. Was there any um, freshmen you're seeing or any players you're seeing that you want to give a shout out to that you think of, have made jumps in the off season or that you're seeing like a, is our, is your gigantic new forward uh, Maddie Baker as physically intimidating as I imagine is uh, who are the, who are the freshmen you've seen that you think the fans need to look out for or ones that have shown um, some good spark. That's to anybody. The three freshmen that are here right now are Maddie Baker, Sophia Bowman and Abby Franzen. I think the other ones are kind of trickling in. Um, And Abby Franzen is kind of coming off an ankle injury. She looks really fit and strong, but I haven't gotten to see her play yet. Um, But the other two look really good. I went out and did some just shooting with them today, and they 
I'm really excited to play with both of them. That's great. And if, if folks haven't checked it out yet, you can see our chat with uh, Patricia and Ari about their recovery that came out just like two days ago. Uh, you should also go deeper and look at my chat with, with Rashida because I think that's the one Rashida where we had maybe my favorite, um, the internet said it segment of all the times I've done that segment because it was about you being a soccer biddy. And that was uh, yeah. maybe the <laughs> most fun of all the ones we've done because very random website that was very complimentary about you and uh, gave, I think associated you with the Badgers a little more than you would have, you would have yeah, liked. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it was, uh, that was really funny, but you can, you can find that. Otherwise, uh, like you all said, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed for a season that things can stay safe and that some version of the season can happen. And also, I don't want to get people's hopes up. Fingers crossed that the U20 World Cup that got moved from the summer actually does happen in January. And double fingers crossed that Katie Duong gets pulled back in so we can have Minnesotans watching her again. Um, I doubt that I would be allowed to travel to Panama to cover it, even if, if, if it is Stephen... Uh, still in Panama, but uh, otherwise we can all keep our fingers crossed for the for the gopher season and hope that the U20s are able to come back in January as well. You guys put up with me almost as long as Patricia and Ari had to put up with me. Thanks so much. Um, and as they said, the gophers are back in uh, soon into camp to return on campus and a lot of players coming in now. The NWSL Challenge Cup, which we talked about in the first part of this, uh, games are on Friday and Saturday for the knockout rounds. Uh, so the kind of noon-ish game and 9 p.m. game. So you can find those on CBS All Access. Guys, thanks so much. This was great. Thank you.